This podcast is an examination of the historical research of William Branham and his message cult following. William Branham was a minister in the gambling town of Jeffersonville, Indiana, just across the river from Louisville, Kentucky, as early as 1933. He came in contact with the Reverend Roy E. Davis, an official spokesperson for the 1915 Ku Klux Klan, and later Imperial Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. Davis introduced Branham to the Pentecostal faith and the art of faith healing, which would later be introduced into Branham's stage persona as he took his place among the evangelists in the post-World War II healing revival. Branham is credited by some as being a catalyst for the Latter Rain Movement and Jim Jones of People's Temple. This podcast is not sympathetic to the views of the Ku Klux Klan that William Branham held, but it is disturbing and warrants research. This podcast is an examination of that research. You can find more about this research and other topics on the website william-branham.org. Join us as we turn back the pages of time and examine the controversial issues of William Branham and his message. There is a scripture that most in the religious cult of William Marion Branham are familiar with, and that is found in the book of Revelation, chapter 10, and verse 7. It says, But in the days of the sounding of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, the mystery of God will be finished, as he declared to his servants the prophets. They are familiar because William Branham promoted himself as the subject matter this scripture was referring to. By association, he claimed that he was that seventh angel. Continuing on into the next chapter of Revelation, Revelation 11, we find the writer speaking of two witnesses that will come to prophesy. And later in his ministry, Branham claims that these witnesses are the spirits of Moses and Elijah. 1964, he says this, Revelation appears right there exactly in line with the sixth seal. What to do? What was it to do? And this was to bring forth two witnesses, Moses and Elias, prophets, which the Jews only believe they're prophets. And they'll come forth with the sign of the prophets, and their work will be that of a prophet, for they did exactly. Most followers in the cult of William Branham are convinced of William Branham's promotion of himself as Elijah the prophet. Branham's redirecting the scriptures written by Malachi from pointing to John the Baptist and Jesus Christ, redirecting to point to himself and his ministry, has swayed the faith of thousands. Some are familiar with the teachings of the false prophet John Alexander Dowie and William Branham's reverence to the cult leader of the Zion movement in Illinois. <clears throat> to the Zion crowd and, and the latter reign crowd, Branham lies about his birth date to promote himself as Elijah to the Zionists. He says this, <clears throat> he says, How Dr. Dowie in his death prophesied that I would come to the city 40 years from the time he died. 
not knowing nothing about it. He died on one day, and I was born on the next. In forty years to the day, I entered the city, not knowing nothing about it. Oh, how God's great move is coming together. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. <clears throat> you see, to those in Zion, he claimed to have been born the day after Dowie's death in 1907. John Alexander Dowie died March 9, 1907, so Branham claimed to have been born March 10, 1907. Branham wanted to become the Elisha to Dowie's Elijah. This creates a problem when you consider the order of events in Revelation, how the seventh angel sounds first, and then the two witnesses prophesy in sackcloth. If Branham was the Elisha to Dowie, who also promoted himself as Elijah of Malachi 4, then Branham was promoting himself as one of the two witnesses to the Zion crowd. <clears throat> but it creates a much larger problem when you consider the other crowds and cultist religious followings. Branham not only tried to inject himself as the leader to Zion, but also to other religious groups that had swayed from the leading of the Holy Spirit to the leading of false teachers. In the late 1600s, in the early 1700s, a prophetess by the name of Jane Lead started publishing her prophecies of the last days. Her prophecies would influence one Charles S. Price, a name that those in the cult of William Branham may be familiar with. This prophecy was not only taught by Price, but it was found among his possessions after he died. And it was not a coming of Elijah that he described, that she described in this prophecy, but it was the coming of Moses. Moses, who William Branham claimed to be one of the two witnesses of Revelation. Jane Lead prophesied this, Thus, Moses, Joshua, and Aaron may be considered types of, of some upon whom the Holy Spirit will come, yet in greater proportion, whereby they shall make way for the ransom of the Lord to return to Mount Zion. But none shall stand under God but those who have become tried stones after the pattern and similitude of Christ. This will be the fiery trial through which a very few will be able to pass or bear up in it. Whereby the waiters for this visible breaking forth are strictly charged to hold fast and wait together in the unity of pure love. This trial will be of absolute necessity to all for the clearing away of the remaining infirmities of the national, natural mind and the burning of all wood, hay, and stubble. For nothing must remain in the fire, for as a refiner he shall purify the sons of the kingdom. To the followers of Price, William Branham did not promote himself as the Malachi for Elijah. Instead, he promoted himself as Moses. He says this, 1957, he's speaking to the same the followers in Oakland, and he says, I can remember those joyful days with you here in Oakland, and I believe the brethren 
that sponsored the meeting. One sitting right back over here. I believe that's right. Morse is a brother Morse. How are you, Mother Moore? Brother Morse? He says, I'm so happy for you, brother. I'll never forget the little days of sitting in your school there that you and I and Brother Kidd and all of us talked about the Bible and the grace of God. And listen to this. And how that Dr. Price prophesied of a great move coming. And Dr. Price moved off the earth one day. Wigglesworth moved off the night. And Dr. Price the next morning. And the next day, I was visited by the angel of the Lord just to go out. The man foresaw it coming, you see. And here it is now. 1957, The Lamb and the Dove. Does this sound familiar? This was the same tactic that he used with the, the Dowie crowd in Zion. Good old Dr. Dowie died one day, and I, William Branham, was born on the next. In issue 8 of the Only Believe magazine, a similar testimony is given by Roy Roberson. Roberson writes this, Once Brother Branham asked me, Brother Roberson, do you really know who Moses was? When he put it like that, I had to answer, No, I don't know. He said he was God to those children of Israel. And he could speak into existence fleas and all kinds of things like squirrels. <laughs> and when he said squirrels, then I knew he was Moses, says Brother Roberson. He says he was God to the people of this generation, the same as Moses was to the children of Israel. Think of that. Not only is he calling William Branham God, he's calling Moses God to the children of Israel instead of Yahweh. <clears throat> he was God to the Robersons. He was greater than Jesus in a testimony by Fred Sothman, recorded for all of you to watch on YouTube. But to the followers of Price, Branham was Moses. Charles Price was a strong proponent to the faith healing ministry. He was the pastor of the First Congregational Church of Lodi in California and had a wide-reaching ministry through healing campaigns. Dr. Price held meetings in Calgary, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Toronto, Minneapolis, Duluth, St. Louis, and Belleville, Illinois to spread his health gospel. And then he started publishing and printing the Golden Grain periodical with testimonies of healing. His healing ministry started after a being in a healing revival in San Jose, California by Amy Simple McPherson. It was there that Price claimed to have been filled with the Spirit. And he was a well-known Freemason funded by means unknown. After his attorney ran away with all of his funds, Price suffered a huge blow to his campaigns. He could no longer hold meetings in huge auditoriums as he once did, and starting setting up tents to hold tent meetings. You might say that he was the father of the tent meetings, because after Price, several of the evangelists, even the ones with plenty of money, held tent meetings instead of renting auditoriums. But while other ministers were shut down or greatly limited by the Great Depression, Price seems to have been filled with plenty of money out of nowhere. 
In the late 1930s, he ministered in Norway, England, Egypt, Palestine, Turkey, Syria, Lebanon, Italy, as well as continuing to speak all throughout the United States. In 1939, Price estimated that he had traveled over a million miles on evangelistic campaigns since he began in 1922. Also, Price was promoted in the Voice of Healing magazine that William Branham established to promote his own ministry. And he would return to California promoting himself while lifting up Amy Simple McPherson and Dr. Price. Branham says, I can think, Lord, as the little boy of reading of Amy Simple McPherson and the criticism that we would find in the paper sometimes that they said that she claimed to heal people. How we found out how falsely that was. And we read of, we heard of many great ones, of Dr. Price and of F.F. Bosworth and the great saints who lived before this day. It's striking when you think of his ministry in other cities. Branham was so strongly against women, especially of women preachers, that it's odd that he's lifting up Amy Simple McPherson. Heaven forbid that a woman prophesy in one of Branham's followers in other cities. They would be blasted for trying to impose on the male population of those with the gift of prophecy. But to the followers of Price, this was well received. William Branham appealed to the followers of Price by promoting himself as Moses and by inventing similar life-changing events to his fictional stories. Like Price, Branham said, talked about how of a devastating thing it was that he didn't originally go follow the Pentecostal movement. Same as Price. <clears throat> and William Branham promoted himself as, as being in the faith healing movement in a 1945 pamphlet, I Was Not Disobedient to the Heavenly Vision. And he decided to change his commission story to match that of the followers of Price. In 1947, he compared himself to Moses in the commission story. When the angel gave him his first commission to heal the sick, or second commission if you've read the 1945 pamphlet, he was given two signs as Moses was given two signs. And this is strikingly odd if you consider the fact that William Branham did not actually read his Bible to get the number of signs because the book of Exodus describes Moses as being given three signs, not two. Moses was given the three signs, turning the rod into a snake, turning, changing the hand into leprosy, and turning the water into blood. It was to the crowd in Oakland that William Branham preached, Faith is the Substance. The sermon where Branham tells the people to shut up and listen to him as he speaks about Moses. He says this, Now be quiet, people! <laughs> Moses, the very deliverer, God's gift to the people, they did not understand him. You see what I mean? <laughs> they did not understand Moses. And Moses thought surely they would understand that he was their gift <laughs> to deliver them. But they did not understand. And now, friends, don't get me wrong. May I say this with reverence of heart, knowing that I'm, in, I'm an eternally bound person that will stand before the judgment someday. Thousands of people are missing their gift. Hmm, what was that gift standing before them? 
He says, see, they can't even understand it. And they look and say, oh, he's just a man. Huh. All those people looking at William Branham thinking, oh, he's just a man. That's true. Was it God or Moses that delivered the people? Wow. Let me reread that. Was it God or Moses that delivered the people, he says. Branham says he was God in Moses. See, they cried for the deliverer, and when God sent a deliverer to them, they failed to see it because it was a man. But it wasn't a man. It was God in the man. He also called Moses slow of speech to match his own Kentucky verbiage. He says, along came Jesus. And Jesus, listen, Jesus was God's gift to Israel, to the world. Is that right? Jesus was God's gift. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You believe it? And it wasn't the apostles. He says, do you think Moses was the deliverer because it was Moses, his wits and his intelligence? Why, he was a man slow of speech. Huh. It was God in Moses, a gift to the people. It was God in Christ. He said, it's not me, it's my Father that dwelleth in me. Did you ever notice how William Branham's angel changed? To the Zion crowd, the description of his angel was strikingly similar to the appearance of John Alexander Dowie. Long flowing robe, long white beard, and long white hair. To, but to the Armenians in California, his angel matched the description of Avok the Armenian who took the nation by storm with his angelic healing campaign. The angel changed to having a dark beard, dark hair, and olive complexion. It's funny because at one point in time, the angel seems to have become Hindu. In Louisville, he was promoting his trip to India, and the angel was wearing a turban, and Branham practically calls the angel a towel head. He says, and when I started in through the room, there was a man standing there, and he had... A towel looked like over his head, hanging down. He's kind of a dark-complected-looking fellow. Looked like his nose was kindly pushed on the end, or it was kind of stumped like that. He was standing there looking at me. I thought he'd been a patient that just come in, and, and I said, How do you do, sir? And, and I, he says, he was standing right in my road. So I said, How do you do, sir? And he looked up like that and said, Brother Branham, don't go overseas till September. Now I said, well, wh what? He says, well, I looked and the man was gone. He said, now if that ain't just like the Macedonian call that went over to, it's the same angel of the Lord, see? <laughs> With a turban and a pushed-in nose. This type of ministry... Promoting yourself as one of the reincarnations of the great men of the Bible is nothing more than self-promotion. And while self-promotion lifts yourself temporarily, the Bible says that it also sets you up for a great fall. Luke 18.14 says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself, will be exalted. <clears throat> After Peter 
was rebuked by Jesus for being mindful of the things of men and not mindful of the things of God in Mark 8, Jesus condemns these health and wealth gospels like the divine healing movement that influenced William Branham. Mark says this, When he called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself, not promote himself. He says, and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Think of those in the healing campaign. Whosoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's sake will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes into the glory of his Father with the holy angels. I often wonder why William Branham calls his ministry preaching the gospel. Yet you cannot find a single description in any recorded sermon from 1947 to 1965 describing what the gospel of Jesus Christ is. He refers to other false prophets and other cult leaders describing how they preached the gospel. But what they really preached was self-promotion, and William Branham taught by their example. What Profit do they gain themselves by lifting themselves up as great leaders without teaching the simple gospel of Jesus Christ? And how can you deny yourself while you're preaching self-promotion? Is this really taking up your cross to follow Jesus? It sounds much more like building a pretty cross to let others follow yourself. Those enslaved by the religious cults and false teachers that came out of the Azusa Street Revival, like this Charles Price, to preach other gospels that conflict, the words of, conflict with the words of Jesus Christ in Mark 8. What profit is the healing of your body? He said, whosoever desires to save his life will lose it. And I sometimes wonder if that's not the same thing as selling your soul. I heard a lady <clears throat> enslaved by the cult of William Branham, and she described her stance. She was one that was healed of cancer. And while she knew of the many things that Branham taught that were incorrect, she would never leave, because she was afraid that that cancer would come back. She told me just, listen to the Holy Ghost series instead of the older sermons by William Branham. The good stuff was in there. The question I'll leave you with today is this. Is this the same as Esau, selling his birthright? Is this what Jesus calls accepting something in exchange for your soul? Is this divine healing false gospel causing millions to sell their souls? Which gospel do you believe? Do you believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news that Christ came to fulfill the old covenant by living the perfect life, by dying on the cross for our sins, conquering death, hell, and the grave, 
and raising up again so that we can rise with him? Or do you believe in the gospel that you must sell your soul to follow? Which gospel do you believe? 